Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome to another bonus episode of The New Abnormal. And we thank you so much for being here. Today, we have an extra special guest with Andy Slavitt, the former Biden White House senior advisor for COVID response and past head of Medicare Medicaid for the Obama-Biden presidency and author of Preventable, the inside story of how leadership failures, politics, and selfishness doom the U.S. coronavirus response. And as I said, this is a bonus episode that is usually locked for Beast Inside members only, the Daily Beast membership program. If you'd like to hear this along with our past bonus episodes, head to newabnormal.thedailybeast.com. That's newabnormal.thedailybeast.com. Welcome back to the new abnormal, Andy Slavitt. Boy, your show title has never been more appropriate sounding than it is right now. <laughs> What's going on? Well, I've entered that at a few levels. I mean, but I think it's useful to always start with kind of where the ground hasn't shifted from underneath us because of so many places it has. I mean, the things that are most important to do are still the most important things to do. Vaccinate this country as quickly as possible, particularly the pockets where there's a lot of unvaccinated people. Vaccinate the globe. And then probably there's there's sort of two others that, that are going to be important and game changers. One of them is to develop an antiviral. And the other is that we should be um, really focusing on solutions to people with long-term symptoms from COVID-19. Those things are the same no matter what, but the landscape is so changed over the last few months. The, the globe is really on fire with COVID. The countries that have had the good fortune of not having a lot of COVID in 2020, and particularly those that don't have enough vaccine, are really hurting in 2021. I mean, we're not seeing overrun hospitals. We're seeing collapsing healthcare systems in places like Bangladesh, India, and all directions, Indonesia. And then here in the U.S., we are seeing a rise in this wave that hasn't yet stopped. And I think we all are kind of getting the feeling that this isn't going to be the last wave. So welcome to the new abnormal. One of the things I want to talk about first, and this is a little bit niche, but I think it's important, is that um, is that Ron DeSantis has decided that he's going to offer monoclonals as opposed to pushing vaccines. Can you explain why that's so incredibly deranged? Did you ever have a kid in your class who like was incredibly disruptive and like late and the teacher was yelling at them and they finally, finally, finally got them to calm down and talk. And you were like, man, you were better off. We were all better off when you were disruptive. <laughs> Just shut up because the stuff you're saying is like insane. And you kind of knew it would be insane. Is he being contrary? The reality is that there's four things that are illegal in Florida. You can't require someone to be vaccinated. You can't require someone to wear a mask. You can't even, you can't even, you're not even allowed to ask someone if they're being vaccinated and you can't require someone to submit to a test to show that they're not infectious. And so effectively, effectively, he's saying, hey, I'm going to throw you in the water. I'm going to tell you, hey, feel free to swim. You have the freedom to swim, but I'm going to bind your hands. I'm going to put a gag in your mouth. I'm going to cover your eyes. I'm going to tie your ankles, but go ahead and swim. Right. It seems as if a lot of these Republicans, we've had COVID now 
for more than a year, almost a year and a half or more. And these Republicans seem to have learned zero lessons. I think it's particularly the case with Abbott and Costello in Florida and Texas. But I think, you know, if you look at Asa Hutchinson, for example, in Arkansas, who basically said, I was wrong. The hardest three words to say in politics. The hardest three words to say in any household, too, by the way. But, you know, I was wrong. We made a mistake. We thought this thing was going away. We've got to fix it. You know, even Governor Ivy in Alabama, you know, Governor Justice in West Virginia. So look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. My God, I love that man. You're hearing essentially people say, wow, uh, I can't watch all this death without doing something. And yet you have these two governors who I think say, look, I, hey, look, I got a 30% of the country niche by just saying everything the government does and suggests is tyrannical. So I'm just saying that because by definition, if the government's doing it, it's tyranny. Right. I mean, it just strikes me as completely insane. And also, like, what is the end goal here? Well, it's like that freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. I mean, they're going to they're going to wave the freedom banner um, until there's nothing left for that freedom to hold. It's freedom from responsibility. It's freedom from obligation. It's freedom from commitment. It's freedom from society. It's not how societies are built. It's how hunter-gatherer societies functioned. Yeah. So talk to me about where we are with Delta now. We had we had Eric Topol on the podcast. He talked about, you know, that the breakthrough infections are probably a little bit higher than what we're thinking they may be. He also talked about how the vaccine still provides very good uh, protection against severe illness and death, which is really the which is really the end game and the goal. One of the great things about these mRNA vaccines is that they're really made for boosters, right? So you can scale up and go for the variants and and address them very quickly. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing these companies working on boosters? Yeah. Look, let's maybe it's useful to start with, and I. I that Topol did a great job and you did a great job talking to him. He's, he's wonderful. But like, we didn't do a good enough job explaining to people how the vaccines work and don't work, right? So the vaccine doesn't sit outside your body like sunscreen and prevent the virus from coming in, right? The, vi- the vaccine you take, it's inside your body. It does not keep the virus away. It does not keep the virus from coming in and infecting your cells. What it does is it teaches your immune system to recognize the bad guy when it enters and to fight. And with the original COVID-19, it could fight and win almost all the time. With Delta, it can still fight and win, although sometimes it shows some wear and tear, and that wear and tear shows up um, with you know some symptoms from the disease. But to be clear, you could come in and test positive for COVID-19 while your immune system's just doing its job. The idea behind a booster is to say, well, we, what we've observed is that um, we need a more powerful response, both because the first two responses don't last long enough and because Delta is just a more fearsome enemy. And in doing that, we need to amp up the amount of titers or antibodies that come into our system. And we know for sure that if you are, if you if your immune if your immune system isn't working great anyway, because you're either older or you're immunosuppressed, then a third booster is on its way to you. There's no way you should get through 
the fall and get into the winter without having a booster. Next question becomes, well, what if I'm not those things and I'm not 85 and I don't have, never had, I don't have cancer, but... What if I'm just a hypochondriac? Yeah, what if I'm 60 or 50? Or 43? And, you know, there's both an individual answer to that and a population answer. The good news is the country has procured enough vaccines for anybody who wants them. The other good news is that the vaccine booster looks exactly like the first two shots. So there's, there's, it won't be hard to do. There's two challenges. One is for most of the world, outside of the wealthy nations, we've only vaccinated one to 2%. So at some level, if all the wealthy countries, which have taken about three quarters of the vaccines of the 4 billion vaccines being made, continue to hoard the vaccines for boosters, we will see next things after Delta emerging very, very quickly. So, you know, we have to get on a plan to vaccinate the globe in the next nine months, period, end of story. Every single doctor that I have talked to in this whole COVID adventure has said from the beginning, if you don't vaccinate the world, the virus will continue to mutate and eventually you will have a strain that the vaccines can't work on. Yeah. And look, and we should talk about when that happens because, you know, we are preparing for that scenario too. But we, the best way to prepare for that scenario is to prevent that scenario. And the best way to prevent that scenario is to vaccinate the globe. So the first question is, if you have, you know, should we be vaccinating the first world countries again before we vaccinate the developing world? And then the second question is at an individual level, if I'm either 65 or 55 or I'm a 45-year-old hypochondriac. 42, but yes, yes, yes. Not talking about anyone I know. How about 38? <laughs> yes, exactly. 35, yes, that's right. Let's go with 42, 55, and 65. But, you know, to be... It's not clear where the cutoff is, but it is clear that um, at some age level, the vaccines run off faster on you. And it is, um, it is some part time, six months, et cetera, but at some part, you know, age and the quality of your immune system. And so in Israel, they've just allowed for people who are 50 and older to get a third boost. And my sense is that, there we're probably going to do it in steps here where we just did an immunocompromise where we're undoubtedly going to do the elderly people next, you know, perhaps, and we'll see how far that drops down. The hypochondriacs, they'll go get their boosts anyway. <laughs> we should probably wait until the fall. I would say so. I mean, you know, I'm giving you a population-based answer, but I will also tell you this. I'll relay a conversation I had with Rochelle Walensky yesterday. She's head of the CDC. She has told her parents who I believe are in their 80s, because she's, she's about my age or a couple years younger. She's told her parents that they do not yet need a boost. Interesting. How come? Because she, she look, she says, I wouldn't dine indoors. I'd wear masks. But, you know, the data shows you don't yet need a boost. So she's not just, she's walking her talk, right? Because, you know, you can imagine a situation where you'd go, okay, but what are you doing? And um, she is not concerned about her parents enough to tell them to get a boost. Yeah, I'll say that's interesting. So talk to me about what you're seeing with COVID now. Give advice to our listeners here on how to be COVID safe with Delta, because I think people have had a hard time, even though, you know, what I mean, the virus has mutated. And so we have to behave differently than we did a few months ago. Just like before that, we had to behave differently than we did a few months ago. So what would your advice be to people who want to stay safe and don't want to get Delta, even though they're vaccinated and probably they'll be fine if they get it? I'll keep it very, very simple. 
okay? If it's raining out and you want to go outside, you don't want to get wet, you, the first thing you do is you grab an umbrella. And that's the vaccine. And if it's raining kind of mildly or modestly or, you know, you can stay dry uh, most of the time. Maybe you get a tiny, tiny bit wet, but nothing, but nothing too bad, nothing too often. That's the umbrella. That's the job the vaccine does. Now, when it starts to rain harder or it starts, the wind starts to blow, so you get that kind of nasty slanty rain, you say, you know what, if I really want to stay dry, I'm also going to put on a rain jacket. And that's, that's a, a mask, right? Where you say, so people say, well, why do I need a, a, a mask if I already have an umbrella? Well, the reality is that when the rain's really bad, you know, even with just an umbrella, you're going to get wet some of the time. And that's kind of what's happening with Delta with people who've taken the vaccine and they're finding themselves getting modest infections. And they're not getting soaked because they have the umbrella. So they're not going to the hospital and they're not dying often uh, if they're, unless they're, they're very old or they're sick. But I think my, my advice to people is, look, it's, it's stormy out. Delta is stormy. As with all storms, it'll pass. Um, and there will be there will be new storms down the road, but put that out of your head for now. And with you know when the rain slows down, meaning you look around your community and go, oh, the community transmission is really low again. Um, and I got my umbrella, and I'm not worried about getting wet because the, there's only a few drops of rain. That and that's how I think people need to think about this. Pay attention to the weather, and right now the weather is bad, and so protect yourself against getting wet if you don't want to be wet, which I think is the case of most everybody. Do you? think that there's anything that we can do to talk to the people? I mean, it strikes me that like a good third of this country has been really brainwashed by Facebook memes and Fox News and Alex Berenson and all the people out there who are like using weird vaxxer self-reported data that isn't quite right or manipulating it in a certain way. I mean, can we get those people back to earth? Can we get them to get vaccinated or do we just give up on them? I mean, what can we, what do we do with that situation? Because that's a real problem. It is a problem, but um, under, nor- and under normal circumstances, it's their problem, not our problem. So we don't much care, right? But it's an infectious disease. So here's how I think about it. I think that there's, there's three groups of people, right? There's people who have been vaccinated and they who basically decided, I want to protect myself, my family, my community, the country. I want this pandemic to be over. That's group one. Group two, a bunch of people who, for whatever reason, have decided not to get vaccinated. Maybe it's a personal reason. Maybe it's a good reason. Maybe it's a bad reason. Maybe they fell prey to misinformation. We know that two thirds of people who aren't vaccinated believe something um, untrue Madness. about the vaccine. Yeah. So it's a lot. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, but then there's the third group of people. And the third group of people are people who are, for whatever reason, unable to get protected from the vaccine. They are people who are under 12. Uh, they are people who are uh, immunocompromised. And, you know, those are people who um, we have to think about, too. They don't really have a choice in the matter. What they depend on is all the rest of us being vaccinated and keeping the spread lower. So if you're making a decision as a business owner, as a mayor, as a school district, as a governor, and saying, how do I decide how aggressively to require people to be vaccinated? It all comes down to, do I, do I value that third group of people enough to say that, while well, I respect your rights, the second group, I don't respect them enough that they, that they should transport the costs onto this third group of people. And, and what that means is, if you want to get into this ball game and watch this game live, if you want to get into this concert, if you want to attend this university, if you want to show up at work, Tell me you're vaccinated 
or continue to show me that you got a negative test result on a regular basis. But otherwise, you don't need to come in here because you have a choice. And there's a bunch of other people who don't have a choice. Are you heartened by this Supreme Court decision that says that colleges can have mandatory vaccines? Well, I'm I'm heartened that they w- this is the this is the case that Barrett uh, yes. wouldn't hear. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's complicated to be heartened by you know the Handmaid's Tale justice, but I thought that was a good decision. And look, I mean, there are absolutely times when judges are going to be political, but boy, you know, it would be nice to think that 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 there are a number of things where the justices are just going to look at the law and also look at common sense and say, I'm going to not make a political decision. I'm encouraged, of course, that they didn't take the case. Uh, I don't know how to interpret that. I don't know whether that means that they just don't want to be taking these cases or that she believes that this is not even controversial enough to be heard. If it had gone the other way, I think it would have been a tragic sign. What we have to do, and I look, I just got off of a call before doing this recording with with Ben O'Rourke and Judge Jenkins and people down in Texas where, you know, there are school districts and mayors and others who businesses who basically have to defy state law in order to protect people. And so we are raring for a very uncertain legal outcome in those situations. Is there anything that the Biden government can do to help these people in Texas? You know, look, I, I happen to think everything should be on the table. And I think everything is on the table. I mean, I think there are limits to what you can do, but there's limits in law, but there's also a limit as to what actually works. I mean, so let's say, let's say you had the legal authority to mandate everybody in America get vaccinated. Yes, okay? let's do don't, that. You don't have that authority, but let's say you did. Damn it. Go on. But even if you did, Molly, through what force of law, right, is that going to get implemented? And so- you know, you can't do things that are going to be ineffective unless, you know, they're prepared to throw people in jail or give them fines, which people wouldn't pay. So there are limits to that ability. And, and that's where I think it's not so much the Biden administration as much as it is businesses, colleges, universities, venues, all the places where people like to go. And remember that it's not just um, anti-vaxxers and people falling prey to nonsense that we have to talk to here. It's people who are under 25 and who just don't care very much. They're just nonplussed by COVID. They're nonplussed by the vaccine. They have other other shots. They don't really care. But, you know, only 37% of people under 25, between 18 to 25, are vaccinated. If you're over 25, 70% likelihood that you're vaccinated. So we've got to also speak to the indifference, not just the resistance. And I think the way to get to the indifference is to say, great, you want to go to this club, bar, uh, restaurant, school, job? Just, just get vaccinated. And I think many of those people, I think as many as 25 billion people on surveys say they'll get vaccinated if that's a requirement. It's fascinating. And um, I'm so glad to have you on. And thank you so much. And I hope you'll come back when we can discuss what post-COVID life looks like. Wah, wah, wah. Probably not. Hopefully you'll come back way before then. But It'll be called the new, new abnormal. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Andy. On that note, we'll wrap this episode of The New Abnormal from The Daily Beast. In future episodes, we'll be talking to smart folks from The Daily Beast and beyond from media, culture, politics, and science who will help us understand what's happening to our country and the world. We hope you'll subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and share the show on social media. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again on the next episode.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.